You are listening to the Rewards Canada Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 105 of the Rewards Canada Podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing the brand new Swissport Aspire Air Canada Cafe Lounge that just opened up at Billy Bishop Toronto Centre Airport. This is a special episode as we welcome back Rewards Canada's Jeff Fredericks and are pleased to also have Air Canada's Mark Nasser return for an interview. First off, let us all wish a warm welcome back to Jeff Fredericks. For our longtime listeners, you'll recall Jeff as the host of the podcast prior to the pandemic. For our newer listeners, Jeff actually spearheaded the launch of the Rewards Canada podcast way back in 2016, and he was the host for the first 66 episodes. Welcome back, Jeff. Well, thank you, Patrick, and it is great to be back, everyone. Um, yeah, boy, it's hard to believe, uh, you, you know, you're over 100 episodes already. That's uh, that's terrific. Congratulations on that milestone. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and I mean, thank you to you for, you know, to for giving me or, you know, pro, you know, projecting this idea for us to do this way back. Oh, gosh, I can't believe it's already been seven years. You know, the pandemic is really... You know, the the two and a half years or so of the pandemic just really flew by and, and just changed everything. I, I just can't believe that we're this far beyond that already. Well, I know. And, you know, it's funny, Patrick, because you and I, of course, kept in touch during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, both of us uh, came out the other end of it. Uh, but I, it feels like things are, are quite different right now, particularly with um, all the exciting travel activity that people are undertaking. You know, I read a piece uh, in, in the Globe and Mail not too long ago talking about this summer in particular is going to be pretty active on the travel front as people um, participate in what uh, they, they're, they're, I guess they're calling revenge travel uh, after all those That's years right. of, right, not being able to get out. And, uh, and so the airports are going to be jammed. But I think that's good news overall for the industry, isn't it? Just uh, to see people getting back out there. Uh, I guess they're amping up their business travel as well. So overall... Um, we're starting to finally see, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, uh, as it, as it, you know, involves the industry. So good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is good to see travel, um, rebounding to, you know, a lot of pre pandemic levels. And in some cases, record levels, we're seeing airlines with, uh, record profits, uh, at least uh, in the, like Emirates and Singapore airlines, just, uh, making crazy amounts of money now. Um, and I think that's just yeah, indicative. Everybody, everybody, uh, having sat at home for two years, you know, they 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 really want to get out. And I think you know, some people did take it easy for the, you know, per- perhaps even just the last twelve months. You know, maybe you know, traveled once or twice and thought, okay, yeah, things things are really working out. And now they're really you know, you, you know, gung ho to get out there. Well, you know, it's funny you and I um, over the years of doing the podcast, we'd also occasionally share some of our own personal travel uh, endeavors. Uh, you and your family are big travelers. Um, my family this year, we've got uh, a two-week uh, trip to Greece planned at the beginning of July, so we're, we're, we're excited to to get get out and do that. Uh, we had a we had a big family trip planned for France just as the pandemic broke out and that we had to cancel. So this is our first time uh, doing a, you know, a big sort of European family vacation and uh, uh, you know, really looking forward to it. But I know uh, we're going to be joined by, by you know, uh, hundreds and of, of folks doing the exact same thing around oh. the exact same time. So it's going to be a pretty crowded uh, uh, vacation, I imagine. But Yeah, definitely. I mean, July, August in Europe is definitely a very popular time to go. So yeah, yeah. You, you will not be alone. <laughs> no, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. oh, awesome. Well, you know, like I said, so 
the why don't we jump jump right into the topic of this episode and i think it kind of ties into what you and i were just discussing about you know travel really rebounding and a lot more people heading out to the airports and the airports are getting busier. They're crazier. I mean, even the lounges are, are getting crazier. Um, but I think, you know, this new one, the topic of this episode, the new airport lounge that opened at Billy Bishop Toronto Center, Center Airport, may be a little different. I think I don't think we're going to see it, you know, having these overcrowding uh, issues like people lining up 45 minutes, you know, for 45 minutes to get into a lounge. Um, it is the new, like as mentioned, the Aspire Air Canada Cafe Lounge that is opened at Billy Bishop Toronto Centre Airport. And Jeff, you had the pleasure of attending the grand opening on June 1st. Um, that was also the first day the, the lounge opened in public. Uh, to our listeners, you may have seen his photo tour post on the Rewards Canada blog. If not, I'll have a link on our podcast page at rewardscanada.ca podcast. And also put the description below if you're enjoying this podcast on YouTube. And in that case, if you're on YouTube or on any of the platforms, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe button. It all helps the algorithms. It helps us, you know, reach out more, reach out to more people and just makes, um, you know, the message we're trying to get across to, to more people. And I, I, you know, I'll thank everybody for uh, doing so. So, Jeff, what were your first impressions of the new Aspire Air Canada Cafe? Well, uh, you know, Patrick, it's it's uh, interesting because for those that haven't been in the airport uh, in Billy Bishop uh, Airport, it's it's you know a real gem in in the city of Toronto just in terms of its convenience. Um, you know, I live in the west end of the city, and it takes me about uh, thirty minutes door to door, which is just uh, just terrific. And you know, once you get there, yeah, it's a small airport. Um, historically, I I would say it's it's kind of got a reputation for being a just in time airport. In other words, uh, people people arrive just in time they uh, before their flight, and then off they go. Um, checking out this new lounge uh that may very well change behavior because it is something special i mean i i think just aesthetically the first impression is you know love the modern look love the artistic sort of touches that are throughout um love the well thought out utility of the space um both in terms of uh you know workstations that you can you can sort of hop into um every single table every single seat that you sit down to you can just plug something in if you need to uh, those are all well well sort of set out um, and of course there's some good private working space you can book a meeting room there if you wanted to uh, meet a colleague um, or several colleagues before there's there's room for uh, a sizable meeting room as well as independent uh, workstations so I'd say overall it is a real uh you know special addition to what i already call an amazing little airport oh that's awesome and is there anything that you found um that really stood out about the lounge i mean you, you've already explained you know you gave your first impressions that there there's a lot of great things about it but is there you know a couple of things that really stood out to you yeah you know what it's it's interesting because when you um when you're first when you first enter the space you you're not entirely sure where to kind of gravitate towards, but then um, you know right in the center, of course, is this gorgeous bar that's all set up with um, you know what looks like now. Mind you, it was a little early in the morning when I was there, so I wasn't reaching for a drink. But I can definitely see how that bar will be a, a magnet to draw people in to converge converge around 
uh, the space, and uh, it, it, I think it will be an amazing uh, draw in its own right. Um, I think the other thing is that the, um, you know, the just a general aesthetic. It's a modern space. It's 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 very clean. Uh, when you look at the offerings, the grab and grow, the gap, grab and go uh, offerings are right there as you enter. So that's super convenient. Um, uh, you know, and the other thing is uh, the funky coffee machine. I don't know if you saw it in the photos that I shared, but um, uh, it's a real treat being able to order yes. a coffee on an iPad. Wide variety of, of different uh, styles of coffee. And then, um, uh, you know, presto. There you go. You, and, and, and it was pretty darn delicious, I might Oh, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, People can see your photos on the photo tour. I'll actually put them into the video version of the podcast as well. And we do have a video courtesy of Air Canada. Um, it's a short, just under a minute or something. So we'll we'll throw it in there as well. Um, but yeah, like just the, from the photos, it does look like a, a very um, you know well thought out space and just an, an excellent use of the space as well for for people who will be using that airport. And it's funny, like you said, I think to our listeners who aren't familiar with the Island Airport, you kind of described you know, prior to this, who the typical user was. And it's kind of the just-in-time um, people just going to, getting there just in time to to jump on their flights, right? Because that's that's the whole premise of the service out of that airport is, is that it's a little bit different than your normal um, experience going to like Pearson or uh, Montreal, Calgary, those type of, those type of airports. Um, now, you've used the airport prior and now you've seen the lounge and and see what it provides. Do you think it's going to change some of the usage of those uh, users? Well, I think it certainly could, um, Patrick. And, and I think part of the reason is that, um, you know, again, if knowing that that space is available to you, if, if you were traveling with some business colleagues, maybe you're off to a meeting from Toronto, you're going, you're leaving Toronto, you're, you're heading to Montreal, um, you know, you might you might suggest uh, to your colleagues, hey, why don't we uh, arrive a little early? We can hang out in the lounge. We can actually get some work done. Um, to me, those that that's an, that's an option that's now available to people courtesy of this new space. So, uh, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good option. So, uh, yeah, no, I think it, I could see it changing behavior just simply because uh, of how attractive the space is and how how high the utility uh, of the space is. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, and that being said, though, would you would you say is it fair enough to say this is one lounge that may not though be inundated with say like your general credit card users, the people who have Priority Pass, Dragon Pass, who don't have um, the free access passes, and they would have to pay you know thirty dollars US to enter it. Since you know if you are kind of running on that just in time schedule, do you think people are going to go half an hour early to pay you know? roughly $40 Canadian to enter it? Or do you think it's, it's going to be more your Air Canada elites, um, the platinum card holders with unlimited access? Do you think it's going to be more of those type of people? Yeah, you know what? It's a good question. Um, I don't know if people are going to, you know, fork out the cash to go to go early. That said, um, I think if you arrived at the airport and you you peeked your head in and you you looked at that space versus the space that you know the general sort of lounge space that's available to everyone um 
you know, you may very well be compelled to pay the 40 bucks just to, well, you, you know, you take advantage of, 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 of course, the food and drink offering. Uh, but you may pay that $40 because it's, it's a nice quiet space to, uh, to get some work done or whatever the case may be, or a nice relaxing space, uh, as you prepare for your flight. So I think it's all going to be based on user experience. Once you've tried it once, I think it's going to be hard not to want to use it all the time. You know, every time you, you fly out of, uh, no, exactly. (laughs) That's, that's, that's pretty much almost anywhere. Once you, once you get used to airport lounges, especially the nice ones, um, it's hard not to not to go to them and use them, even even if you have to pay your your entry fee to get into them, because it it definitely makes it worthwhile. I mean, I, I know now a lot of lounges are are crowded at, and noisy, but there are ones out there that you can still enter, and it is you know a little um, you know a diversion from the hubbub of the airport. And like you said, it's a lot of times it's unlimited food food and drink, and I guess too. I mean, if you're Porter Airport, I mean, or not Porter Airport, I'm giving it like Porter Airlines. If you're at Billy Bishop Center Airport, um, the weather changes, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to have a delay and that's when you will decide, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, my flight's delayed two hours. I'm going to go pay that, uh, that entry fee to, to enter it. So yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I think, and that's what you have in your, your interview with Mark Nasser. You guys kind of discussed that as well. Um, and like I said, you did have the chance to sit down with Mark and it was actually in the lounge's private uh, space there to interview him that you mentioned um, and you kind of talked to him about this first ever collaboration for a lounge because Air Canada opened it with Swissport um, and from what I can hear in your interview Mark and the rest of the Air Canada team seemed very excited about the lounge and um, trying out this partnership concept would you agree that was the general feeling um, from those involved and even those attending this uh, grand opening event yeah for sure you know I think um folks were were excited about this this possibility uh i mean the space itself is unique um probably as far as airports go because there wasn't really much by way of room to go it alone for air canada um from what i understand so uh the partnership um was was kind of both out of necessity but it was also um you know an opportunity to to look at potentially uh, replicating it in other marketplaces. So I think that was the sense I got from Mark is that they were open to, um, you know, sort of uh, seeing how this, this went and with the, you know, possibility of perhaps doing something similar in other markets. I, I will say, you know, um, I asked him about you know, sort of what research uh, he had on, on what Aeroplan members, for example, value in a lounge and of course food and drink uh, were the top of the list um, on, on that front. Uh, so I, I got the sense just by way of even looking at the offering that they put a lot of thought into that as well. Um, everything from, you know, the, the, the premium spirits and, and, and beer and wine to, you know, as I've already mentioned, uh, a pretty impressive coffee machine and a, a wide variety of, you know, sort of baked goods and, and sandwiches and all that sort of stuff. That... Uh, that was definitely uh, something Mark shared with me about about the research, and it looks like uh, these guys stepped it up, and and um, you know members won't be disappointed. Um, the other the other thing that uh, Mark shared uh, that I think is worth repeating is that there's a shared value connection between um, you know b- b- between uh, Aspire and and Swissport uh, and Air Canada, and what I mean by that is. Both organizations care deeply about sustainability. That's definitely on display in this lounge. Um, you know, 
users of the lounge are reminded throughout the space that you know this is a lead certified uh, space that um, there's been a lot of thought in in terms of both the materials that are used to build the space being sustainable but also the way in which um, you know things are packaged and this day and age uh, people care about that stuff and, and clearly these two organizations do so it's nice to uh, nice to see them aligned on that. Um, what else can I tell you about uh, about that partnership? Well, I mean, I think um, there'll likely be some change, you know, sharing and exchanging of data, and that data will, uh, of course, um, uh, probably inspire um, you know the the design of other lounges, but also maybe uh, allow. Uh, these guys to refine the offering as they get more and more feedback from users. So there may be yeah, some absolutely. tweaks is what I'm saying. And yeah. I think that's what Mark sort of alluded to. Yeah, I'm sure they will look at the numbers. You know, I, I know other where there's lounges like this, which is kind of run um, kind of as a partnership um, with other airlines or, you know, run by a third party operator for an airline. There are times that they will limit entry to say like the credit card users. So you know, maybe if this is, you know, if Air Canada does really expand or have uh, quite a few times where it's quite busy, I know they're going to start flying again to Ottawa shortly. Right now, they're only flying to Montreal out of the, the island airport, but Ottawa's coming back up here in a few months. Um, so that if it gets busy, perhaps because they are partners, that maybe that's something we'll see. Maybe we'll see, you know, limitations on, on access. But I mean, it's a pretty big space, 133, you know. 133-person uh, capacity is a, a pretty decent-sized lounge for a smaller airport like that. So, But I, like I said, I mean, this is all stuff that they're probably going to research a, and figure out. And, you know, I don't foresee any um, people being denied access, at least not anytime soon. But who knows? You know, if, if, if uh, a lot of the flights get expanded out of, the, out of the airport, maybe that's something we'll see in the future. Well, we, you know, as you may know, we are in the middle of a a mayoral race here in the city of Toronto. Um, I know many of the candidates have spoken up about, you know, future Billy Bishop Airport. Um, there's been controversy over the years just in terms of, uh, you know, the residents that live around the space and, you know, expansion plans and so on and so forth. So um, it is an important little hub in the city. Um, as somebody who who's used it to fly to, uh, you know, New York, for example, before, I think it's a it's a it's a great it's a it's a great airport with lots of potential. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, it will continue to um, to to thrive and that we may very well see more services added to uh, to the airport. Yeah, that, that would be great. And hope you know, may, you know, I know they. Um turn down the request to have jets fly in and out of there yeah. but maybe that's something we'll see in the future as well because a lot of <laughs> a lot of the newest technology is quieter than the turboprops well that's that's the thing right like so. it's it's all it's all going to come down to technology improving yeah uh and, and quieting some of these jets down um for sure so um yeah no i would i would i would think that as soon as that's available uh there'll be a strong push because uh uh, the city is only continuing to grow each and every year, and uh, therefore the demand uh, will, will, of course, continue to increase. Awesome. That is all. Thank you so much, Jeff, for attending this event 
on behalf of Rewards Canada, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast and uh, starting to do more stuff for us again. Um, it's always a pleasure. You and I have worked together. I mean, you used to be at Air Miles and we worked together. It's it's probably been, we're probably going on 15 years, if not longer. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> so, so it's been, been a long relationship. So, yeah. so thank you so much. Um, and hopefully our, our listeners are excited about this, our readers that, you know, we're going to see, you know, kind of, uh, I, I think we're going to get the ball rolling here again on, on kind of, um, you know, the direction where rewards kind of going. We were always, uh, you know, trying to try new things out. And uh, Jeff is, like you said, Jeff spearheaded the podcast back in the day. And he, he always comes up with some great ideas. So thank you. Well, you're welcome, Patrick. It's been a, a, a pleasure uh, rejoining you on this podcast. And we'll look to do uh, many more moving forward. So thanks a lot. Yes. Thank you. And without further delay, here is Jeff's interview with Mark Nasser of Air Canada. Why don't we uh, start, Mark, by you telling us who you are and what you do. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Mark Nasser. I'm the Executive Vice President of Marketing and Digital at Air Canada. I'm also the President of Aeroplan. Terrific. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mark. Um, we're here today, of course, because you have just announced that uh, you've got, a, I guess, a partnership with Aspire. This is the new lounge uh, that we're sitting in here at Billy Bishop Airport. Why don't you tell me a little bit about today's announcement? For sure. Well, look, we're extremely excited. Um, and, uh, you know, the uh, corridor between Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal is obviously one of the most frequently traveled in Canada and the world. Um, and um, we seek to be able to provide premium experiences to our customers. Um, and this was uh, a missing spot in the network. Um, there's a lot of our very frequent travelers uh, that utilize Billy Bishop for downtown Toronto access, but of course also fly us out of uh, Dorval or out of Pearson um, for their global travels. Right. Um, and, um, you know, but this airport is a little bit of a different kind of facility. It's a much smaller facility uh, than most large airports in Canada. Um, of course, there's very limited space. Um, and so we were, uh, you know, confronted with this challenge. How do we build and provide for a premium experience in an airport that has a very different dynamic? Mm -hmm. And the opportunity came along to partner with Swissport. It's a new model for us. It's mm -hmm. a partnership on a lounge. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, you know, what we're able to do now is provide this fantastic experience. Um, there is a fully serviced bar. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a co-working area. Uh, there's a sit-down uh, lounge space, there's dining room space, there's a self-service buffet, there's a grab-and-go. Uh, so if you're even in the lounge for just a few minutes to get something quickly before boarding your flight, all of those are options available to you. Right. Um, and uh, we also view this as a little bit of an experiment. Um, we're quite confident this is going to work, but the question is, is it a model that's potentially scalable um, to other airports in Canada or maybe even other places in the world? Mm -hmm. um, so it's an Air Canada cafe. Uh, very yep. similar to the one we opened in Toronto Pearson and operated together with our partners at Swissport Aspire. Right, and as the release says here, it's the first joint lounge uh, concept. And so the, the, the question is, can we expect more? I mean, is it is it this, as you say, a bit of a, is it a test pilot to, to see how it, how it responds? And then, as you just mentioned, it's scalable. So can we expect to maybe see see this model in other markets? Customers will decide. Yeah. Um, what's the feedback we get? What's the utilization we see? What are the dwell times or the amount of time you know uh, our customers are spending in the lounge? Yeah. Um, we're going to take a look at all of those metrics and, of course, the feedback we get uh, out of it. We'll see what the uh, write-ups are. Um, and, uh, you know, then we'll uh, talk to our friends at Swissport uh, and, uh, you know, perhaps uh, take a look at what other options are available out there. Great. Well, speaking of customers, let's talk a little bit about the profile of the average uh, I, I guess, traveler, frequent traveler, um, even from 
say Toronto, Montreal, uh, you know, the sense is that these people, uh, at least today, it's a just in time kind of departure, perhaps having a lounge like this now, I have to imagine provides an opportunity to perhaps get there a little earlier. You have some great space that you can book uh, or you can work here before your flight. Um, what does your research tell you about that frequent uh, business traveler and their needs uh, as it relates to a lounge like this? For sure. So there's no doubt that one of the um, uh, key selling points of the Billy Bishop facility uh, is the fact that uh, you can stay in downtown uh, later um, and then come a little bit uh, sooner before your flight and make your flight. It's just a smaller facility, very, very purpose-built for a specific kind of traffic. That being said, we do have uh, people who are planners, customers who come to the airport a little earlier anyway. Um, we do have uh, this new facility that might drive some behavior change, as you're expecting. Um, then, of course, uh, this is a facility, as great as it is, that is subject to weather. Um, and, you know, from time to time, there are flight delays or other considerations there. So just make sure that, you know, whatever the scenario, uh, there is a really comfortable option. But again, I'll, I'll point out the grab and go, um, which was the primary point of the Air Canada Cafe when we opened it in Toronto Pearson, um, is a key feature. So even those that are arriving, um, you know, with maybe just... 15 minutes, 30 minutes, um, you know, prior to the boarding of their flight or whatever have you, um, that's still an option for them, you know, to uh, enter the lounge right at the front of the lounge, right after our uh, concierge desk uh, is where the grab and go, uh, um, the grab and go station exists. Um, and you can make your way right uh, out to the plane. Yeah, no, I love the grab and grow, go concept. Uh, to be clear, this lounge, of course, is open to everyone, right? That once you can, you can pay to get in here if, if you're not in Air Canada. Uh, member, uh, uh, can can you give me a sense of you know uh, what might what one might expect by way of even volume uh, in a in a in a space like this? Because this right now, I, I noticed that you've got uh, it, uh, capacity, I guess, for uh, one hundred and thirty three seats. Um, what's your general sense of of how? busy this lounge might get uh, in, peak, in, in peak season? Well, we're uh, certainly confident that we'll be able to accommodate our clientele um, out, of, uh, out of the island here. Um, and of course, it's all the same normal lounge access um, parameters that we have in the rest of the Air Canada Maple Leaf and Cafe Lounge Network. Um, so what is that? It's 50K, 75K, and 100K Super Elite members of Aeroplan. Um, it's also those that are flying on a business class ticket. Now, of course, we have single cabin Q400s out of the island, but we have folks that connect onwards from Montreal to other destinations. And so if they're in business class on their onwards connection or perhaps on one of our Star Alliance partners, um, and then uh, all of the holders of our premium credit cards, uh, particularly our, our flagship premium credit card of American Express. Um, so uh, all of you know all, all of those Air Canada customers are welcome in the lounge. Uh, we think we are uh, very comfortably capacitized to be able to handle that traffic. Um, you know, in terms of others that might choose to use the lounge with uh, some of the um, Aspire Swissport uh, welcome uh, mechanisms, um, we'll see. As I said, this lounge is a bit of an experiment um, and certainly a test and learn. Uh, one that, you know, again, we're comfortable from our customers, uh, we'll be very much able to accommodate. Uh, we'll see what the demand is and then we'll always be there along with Swissport to optimize, you know, or adjust as we need to. Yeah, um, I guess, uh, Mark, it's a very impressive space. I'm, I'm quite curious to hear from you on what, what some of the, your favorite features are. Oh, uh, for sure. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Um, so I would call out, I think, three things. Yeah. Right. First of all, uh, if you haven't been able to tell yet, I am really partial to the grab-and-go 
concepts. Yeah. Um, you know, I've said before, um, you know, uh, I think gone are the days where uh, lounges try to police removing food or beverage. Yeah. Um, you know, there still obviously are facilities and cases where that's uh, applicable just because the lounges weren't necessarily designed right. um, for this new world. But going forward, everything we build, um, you know, and everything we design, we very much want to have some kind of capability like that. Right. Um, so the grab and go is a key part, a spot. Um, we do freshly baked goods in this lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it happens in the back. Um, and uh, whether it's uh, pastries in the morning or uh, some other savories in the afternoon and evening, uh, just being able to offer freshly baked goods, I think, is an outstanding feature. Mm-hmm. I uh, do have a little bit of a Pillsbury Doughboy in me, as you can tell here. Um, and then uh, I'd call it the third thing. Um, you know, it's a um, properly staffed bar. Um, there's a, a large screen HDTV uh, live events, sports news, um, you know, whatever of the day uh, mm-hmm. will be on there and the ability to go up to the bar. Uh, get, you know, a proper cocktail um, or, uh, you know, a nice glass of wine or champagne even. Mm-hmm. Um, that ability is there, um, you know, and to enjoy uh, some live events. So those are my three favorite features. Those are your three favorite. Well, I can tell you the coffee is also a nice feature. Uh, just checking that out before we sat down. It's a pretty funky, uh, modern-looking coffee uh, machine hooked up to an iPad. I don't often drink coffee, but when I do, it comes from an iPad. Uh-huh. Nice line. Very good. Um, the other thing I want to get your comment on is the aesthetic. I mean, this is a pretty impressive looking space by way of design. Um, what can you tell me, uh, if anything, about the firm that you guys use to help design this uh, beautiful space? Now, I know it's, it's you know it's Aspire and, and, and that sort of thing, but do you, did you guys have any input? Um, any thoughts on how this uh, beautiful space was uh, put together? I've got to give credit to Aspire. They took the lead on the design here. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly did have some input, and you'll notice our branding um, you know, throughout the facility and on the signage outside, some other elements there. Um, but Aspire was absolutely the lead on this, and they did a, I think they did a spectacular job. Uh, we're sitting here looking in this um, private um, office and meeting room. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Um, uh, but, you know, what I'd also say uh, is that, you know, going forward, we see a real opportunity to upgrade and expand the Air Canada Lounge Network. Yeah. Um, and there are design ideas and elements that are in this lounge uh, that you will certainly see um, make their way through as a read through to additional opportunities going forward. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just noticing a few of them, Mark. Um, you know, when you think about uh, how one might use this space before a flight, uh, whether it's I've got to take a call, I need a little private space. There does there is a workstation here that you can close the door to. We are in a meeting room right now that one can close the door to. These are nice features. Uh, if 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 one is trying to get a little uh, work or take a private call before a flight. Uh, otherwise, there's a lot of little uh, nooks that you can uh, slide into um, and uh, get some work done, which is uh, obviously a key feature to a lounge. Um, I noticed here, too, there's a number of uh, sustainability um, features that are in this lounge that are uh, first of their kind, LEED certified. Um, you know, again, it seems like nothing was spared by way of design here. Um, is there anything uh, by way of, again, research that your customers, your aeroplane customers have told you uh, that uh, they love about a, a lounge? Do they have a top tip, you know, top five or uh, list of things that uh, they absolutely love to see in lounges across the network? Well, first, just if I could component uh, comment on the sustainability component. Yeah. So at Air Canada, we have a commitment by 2030 to lower our total greenhouse gas emissions by 30% okay. from ground operations over 2019. 
Okay. Um, so effectively, we're going to grow the airline over the course of the 2020s, mm-hmm. and yet we will be 30% lower than in 2019. Terrific. So even lower on a unit basis. Um, and, you know, uh, lounges are just one component of thinking about ground operations, right? And certainly uh, they're not the biggest contributor. We have, you know, other uh, areas that um, will have a lot more value to tackle. Um, but along with us and our partners, there really is a sincere commitment to look at everything we can do, um, you know, whether it's uh, how we do heating and cooling within the facility, even the light bulbs that we're using, the materials that we're using, um, both for furniture and design, but as well as for things like how we're serving food and beverage. Um, you know, you'll notice, for example, we've got the Vivro water um, treatment uh, um, uh, uh, device here, which we're actually introducing in our maple leaf lounges as well. We're eliminating uh, hundreds of thousands of individual water bottles. And of course, we can serve hot, cold, you know, room temperature, uh, gas or flat. So it's, it's, a, it's a very good experience and it makes a real difference. So I'll just comment you know, on that if that, I could. You know what, listen, yeah. take your time on this because this is a very important point. I'm a big believer in the sustainability movement and the work that needs to be done to uh, hit these targets, as you say. So this uh, lounge being an example, I mean, again, I, I highlighted the fact that it was the first LEED certified lounge in the Swiss Ports international network of 83 Aspire lounges. That's a pretty impressive stat, and maybe that's a sign that this is exactly the new standard that... Um, you know, these folks are going to look to establish and uh, I guess their values line up with your values uh, from a sustainability uh, perspective is what I'm hearing. Oh, certainly. And whether, you know, it's as you think about the conversations we have with partners and suppliers going Mm -hmm. forward, be it Boeing and Airbus at the very, very top, you know, all the way to our seat manufacturers like Collins and all the way down to, you know, um, the airport experience and the lounges and the airport authorities. We're trying to have these conversations Mm -hmm. with as many of our partners as possible. And, uh, yeah, it certainly feels like a shared ethos. Absolutely. But then let's talk about uh, your customers because, you know, um, I have some friends that are, you know, huge, you know, well, they're big fans on trying to uh, live a more sustainable uh, life and reduce their carbon footprint. Where they struggle is they may have an electric vehicle, but then they go and take a bunch of flights and go, well, I've just wiped out all my, you know, my savings from the, from the flights. There's a tension there that exists with people that have that consciousness about them, about, you know, reducing their carbon footprint, but yet they still travel as much as they do. I know efforts are being made from organizations like yours to to reduce those overall uh, greenhouse gas emissions. I guess the more that all these organizations can do at every step of the way to uh, address uh, climate change and and make more sustainable uh, products and services, all the better, right? Absolutely, and you know, one comment I'll make there, we, we believe it was an industry first, although although I'll have to double check on that, but um, 100% of all of the redemptions for Air Canada Flight Awards um, from Aeroplan are actually fully offset, um, and that's provided by Air Canada, and uh, it's actually uh, partially funded from our partners in the U.S. Chase uh, with our co-brand there. Um, and so, you know, we certainly, I mean, there is tremendous additional work to do there's no doubt about it and for aviation uh, the key thing really is building up the supply of sustainable aviation fuel um, because that is going to make a very real difference and there's still a large question as to how uh, we get the supply up to where it needs to be to have the impact we want it to have 
Um, but again, every facet of what we look at, especially as you think about kind of the frequent flyers that you just mentioned, they can certainly take heart that we're taking steps and, you know, about aeroplanes specifically, that 100% of uh, the GHG emissions associated with uh, aeroplane flight redemptions in our Canada are fully offset automatically. Right. Um, so you'd ask about the uh, favorite lounge features of our customers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think, look, um, different people use lounges for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and it also depends on why you're traveling, right? So you with your children or, you know, spouse or whatever versus solo, you know, and there's a different priority. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly food and beverage consistently comes out as a key, key factor. Um, so I guess that's two food and beverage because uh, some people consider them separately. Some people really focused on beverage, others really focused on food, some yeah. on both. Um, uh, but making sure also that there's space, um, making sure that there's a high quality internet connection, um, for sure. Uh, on our international properties or for the big connecting hubs, showers are a key feature. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, and then also making sure that there's additional uh, support available in the lounge, right? So um, the lounge isn't just the product as relaxing or enjoying or eating or whatever, but the lounge is also a place where if you need customer service, we've got obviously dedicated agents and concierges um, in our properties that are able to provide that service without having to go into the terminal and see a gate or a customer service center. Um, so those, you know, typically punch out yeah. um, as being uh, the top sought after features in lounge and what we design for primarily. Yeah, yeah, and and look, just picking up on the uh, the food and beverage and grab and go. I mean, boy, if if <laughs> the number of folks that uh, often complain when they arrive at the airport need to grab a bite know that in many cases flights have reduced what's offered on on the aircraft uh and then next thing you know they've spent a hundred bucks uh for a couple sandwiches and a few uh you know some bottled water that is a pain point uh the overall travel experience you know internationally i imagine so uh i i'm not surprised to hear it at the sort of top of the list uh of things that matter and it's nice to know that you've got this um uh, this this well designed, well thought out uh, idea around grab and go, because uh, I can imagine that's uh, that's going to keep the experience uh, favorable for most people. That's certainly an experience we want to keep pushing, yeah. and you'll yeah. see as our next set of uh, lounges and design come, uh, particularly next year, yeah. and really call out and uh, thereafter, yeah. uh, you'll see um, you'll see an emphasis on the grab and go on our side. Awesome. Yeah. I have just a couple quick questions uh, left here. Um, uh, I guess. Um, as far as uh, this lounge is now fully operational as of June 1st today, um, is, there, is there anything that uh, you're hoping to see over the first, say, couple months that will allow you to either tweak the experience or uh, feedback loop that you're looking to kind of uh, pay close attention to um, over, the, over maybe the summer? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, look, um, we uh, have a customer satisfaction survey that uh, comes out after every flight. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, there's a section in it that talks about lounges. Um, And so we'll be looking extra closely for uh, YTZ, for Billy Bishop Departures, on that. Um, And, you know, like you said, it's a new property, uh, a new team here. So the smooth operations uh, of the lounge um, and, you know, what gets consumed, uh, which area, you know, we've got, if you think about it, there's like, you know, five separate spaces because we've got the lounge style seats, we've got the dining tables, 
We've got the, um, uh, the working room, we've got the meeting room, we've got the bar area, right? So looking at what gets used mm-hmm. uh, and what gets you know, filled first, you know, assuming the lounge is on the busier side too at certain points. Um, yeah. So those are the kinds of things we'll be looking for. Well, I'd also be very interested if I was in your position perhaps to understand how long people are in this lounge because, you know, again, I think of this airport as one where people are getting here just in time. Uh, hopping on that flight, if they start to learn that there's a beautiful lounge like this is a beautiful lounge available uh, for them and their use, does it mean that they're now starting to change their behavior? Coming to the airport a little earlier, hunkering down, staying in this space, uh, you know, half an hour before the flight or whatever the case may be. So I'll tell you something. We yeah. certainly, I can tell you empirically because yeah. we have the data yeah. that that's exactly what we've seen with the signature suites. Okay. So for the signature suites, customers are coming 50% earlier oh, on average, just, just around 53% yeah. actually. Um, uh, than they were prior to the suite being opened. Okay. Um, customers that are suite eligible and use the suite. All right. Um, so certainly in Vancouver and in Toronto, the signature suites have had that effect. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens here. Yeah. Terrific. Mark, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you so much. Great conversation. <laughs> and congratulations. This is a, a nice... Uh, Certainly a nice uh, addition to your overall network of lounges, isn't it? And uh, and I guess uh, I think a lot of people are going to be interested to see whether or not more more is to come with this partnership uh, with Aspire. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. That was a really good interview, Jeff. Thank you for conducting it and for representing Rewards Canada at this lounge opening event. And a special thank you to Mark Nasser of Air Canada for uh, providing the interview and such great information within it. And that's all she wrote for this episode. I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in and listening. I hope you have enjoyed it. Be sure to help spread the word so that we can keep keep bringing you the best loyalty rewards content in Canada. Share the podcast, hit the like button, leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and hit the like button and the notification bell so you know when all our new videos and episodes come out on that platform. Have yourselves a great day and I'll talk to you next time. The Rewards Canada podcast is produced in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, with music produced by Regina Zone, TWKOT.